Chapter 5 of Little Masterpieces of American Wit and Humor, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joe Sela. Little Masterpieces of American Wit and Humor, Volume 1. Edited by Thomas Lansing Masson. General Van Poffenburgh. It is tropically observed by honest old Socrates that heaven infuses into some men at their birth a portion of intellectual gold, into others of intellectual silver, while others are intellectually furnished with iron and brass. Of the last class was General von Poffenburg, and it would seem as if Dame Nature, who will sometimes be partial, had given him brass enough for a dozen ordinary braziers. All this he contrived to pass upon William the Testy for genuine gold and the little governor would sit for hours and listen to his gunpowder stories of exploits which left those of tarante the white don belianus of greece or st george and the dragon quite in the background having been promoted by william keith to the command of his whole disposable forces he gave importance to his station by the grand eloquence of his bulletins always styling himself commander-in-chief of the armies of the new netherlands though in sober truth these armies were nothing more than a handful of hen-stealing bottle-bruising ragamuffins in person he was not very tall but exceedingly round neither did his bulk proceed from his being fat but windy being blown up by a prodigious conviction of his own importance until he resembled one of those bags of wind given by elios in an incredible fit of generosity to that vagabond warrior ulysses his windy endowments had long excited the admiration of antony van corlier who is said to have hinted more than once to William the Testy that in making Van Poffenburgh a general he had spoiled an admirable trumpeteer. As is the practice in ancient story to give the reader a description of the arms and equipments of every noted warrior, I will bestow a word upon the dress of this redoubtable commander. It comported with his character, being so crossed and slashed and embroidered with lace and tinsel, that he seemed to have as much brass without as nature had stored away within. He was swathed, too, in a crimson sash of the size and texture of a fishing net, doubtless to keep his swelling heart from bursting through his ribs. His face glowed with furnace heat from between a huge pair of well-powdered whiskers, and his valorous soul seemed ready to bounce out of a pair of large, glassy, blinking eyes projecting like those of a lobster. I swear to thee, worthy reader, if history and tradition belie not this warrior, I would give all the money in my pocket to have seen him accoutred cup of pea, booted to the middle, sashed to the chin, collared to the ears, whiskered to the teeth, crowned with an overshadowing cocked hat, and girded with a leathern belt ten inches broad, from which trailed a falchion of a length I dare not mention. Thus equipped he strutted about, as bitter-looking a man of war as the far-famed Moor of Moorhall, when he sallied forth to slay the dragon of Wantley. For what says the ballad? Had you but seen him in this dress, how fierce he looked, and how big, you would have thought him for to be some Egyptian porcupig. He fried it all, cats, dogs, and all, each cow, each horse, and each hog, for fear they did flee, for they took him to be some strange outlandish hedgehog. Knickerbocker's History of New York End of General Van Poffenburg A friend of mine, said a citizen, asked me the other evening to go and call on some friends of his who had lost the head of the family the day previous he had been an honest old man a laborer with a pick and shovel while we were with the family an old man entered who had worked by his side for years expressing his sorrow at the loss of his friend and glancing about the room 
he observed a large floral anchor scrutinizing it closely he turned to the widow in a low tone asked who sent the pick while butler was delivering a speech for the democrats in boston during an exciting campaign one of his hearers cried out how about the spoons ben benjamin's good eye twinkled merrily as he replied now don't mention that please i was a republican when i stole those spoons end of section five recording by joe Sela.